0: This is John Zaninovich. Welcome to Move My Mass. You'll be hearing from great guests talk about balancing life and being fit. Hey, Arturo. Thank you uh, for coming on to this episode of Move My Mass. Been looking, been looking forward to having you on. Uh, one of my favorite things is the story of how I, you're my, you're the first personal trainer I've ever used. And actually really? the only, I've never used one before except for you, uh, which everyone, by the way, I highly recommend. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, I was, as you, I mean, you worked it in shape. And so I go on there one day, I'm like, okay, I need to step my game up. I need to get a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And never really had a reason why I was going to or not, but I just figured it was time. But I will say that it was in my head. I'm like, well, I just have to walk up to the desk and tell them I want a personal trainer because they offer the service. But I was really nervous about the one I'd get. Like, what if we're not compatible? I mean, I know I can go through the system and... Mm -hmm interview who I want and do all that but it was just like I want man I hope I got the right one or I hope I'm going to get the right one right off the bat because I want to start working out with somebody right away and you know as I'm working out looking around I knew that I'm like okay just judging books by their cover I'm like there's some that I don't want and who knows they might have been the best ever but <laughs> admitting what I'm thinking you know so I walk up one day and I say, hey, you know, I want to look into your personal training services you have here. And they're like, well, everybody's gone. And the personal trainer, manager or whatever, um, she's gone. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, no worries. Um, I'm in here every day working out. So I'm leaving the gym and this lady runs. I forget her name, but she runs out. She goes, hey, I hear they just told me that you're looking for a trainer. I see, yeah, and she says, "I've got the perfect guy for you." You know, she didn't tell me mm-hmm. your name, but she set up an appointment for the next day or whatever it was. Maybe a couple of days later, because it's like what four years ago or so.
1: More three, or less. Years, three, three years.
0: Three years. And uh, I come back. I'm like, "All right, please, please be a good one." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I knew I could change. If but, but I just and she introduced me to you. You know, we met, and got hooked up, and all that. And immediately I'm like, this is going to work, you know, (laughs) just personal trainers are fit, but I could just tell. And then, but the best part of it all was once I got to know you and you're telling me you're a former Marine telling me your story and all that, like now I know, Like, you hadn't even given me a workout. (laughs) We haven't even talked about what we're going to do. Yep. But the second you told me, you're a former Marine. I'm like, go, I'm good. Right. Whatever the workouts are. (laughs) I know they're going to be good. I know they're going to be hard. I know it's going to work out. So tell, tell me how, tell me the story of how you became a Marine. How how did that all happen? All right.
1: Well, first of all, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my story, uh, into the Marine Corps started my senior year high school. I was originally planning to be in the Navy. A lot of my family members are um, mm-hmm. retired from the Navy. And I, I knew that I wanted to be in the military. just so didn't know differences between branches. I just figured I'll just do what's comfortable with my family and just go the Navy route, travel the world. So I went through the entire process. I took the test with, through the Navy Recruiter and I remember being in, uh, at his office one time and um, I had already noticed other recruiters. I didn't know what branch they were in. They were just um, outside. It was raining and they were exercising. And where is this? Here in Bakersfield. Okay. Uh, there used to be a an office off of Stockdale. It's not there anymore, but it was raining. I was in the, the naval recruiter office filling out paperwork. And the, the naval recruiters were kind of like make poking fun of the, those recruiters that were outside. They were Marine Corps recruiters. And they were outside yelling, having fun, doing pull-ups. They were about to go on a run. And I kind of peeked over and caught my attention. I was like, who are those guys? That's what I want to be doing. I don't <laughs> want to be inside. These guys are making fun of those guys. But honestly, I'd rather be doing that. So I found out they were Marine Corps recruiters. And as soon as I found out that they were about to go on a run in the rain after doing pull-ups, um, yeah, I, I kind of told the Navy recruiter, uh, I think the Marine Corps is my, is my calling <laughs> and, uh, I switched over. I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. And yeah, for sure. When you did tell me that, I'm like, I, yeah, I've got the right trainer. I've
0: yeah. Got the right trainer.
1: I think, I think I've, uh, um, uh, The Marine Corps spends the less amount of money on recruiting, but they have the most effective recruiting uh, out of all the branches. And if you pay attention to how they recruit, they don't really, they're kind of uh, counter to every other branch. Every other branch is kind of like funneling you into their office and the Marine Corps is kind of just... Uh, if, if you uh, look at the advertisements on the freeway, on the it's just a face, a Marines face, not even smiling, right. just a stoic face, and it just says Marines. That's it. That's if all you want to join, if you want to become a Marine, come on by. If not, uh, no offense to the other branches, you can go join another branch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. tell me about
0: what do they call it basic training. Boot camp training. What, uh, tell me about that experience. But the, uh, uh, get deep. Well, what what was it like?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can get super deep here. That's okay. Go <laughs> it was ahead. Fun. It was fun. It was. Uh, That's not the well, word I thought you were going to say. Not not while I was in there. <laughs> of course not. I
0: bet. I bet.
1: Yeah. I I immediately regretted it after probably a couple of minutes of being in there, being yelled at. But um, yeah. I went in September two thousand eight to MCRD San Diego. So anyone that joins the Marine Corps on the west side of the Mississippi goes to San Diego. Anyone that joins the Marine Corps on the east side of the Mississippi goes to Paris Island. Um so yeah, first day right off, not even off the bus, in the bus. They the drill instructors come in the bus and they just start creating chaos, just screaming at you. And of course, me being 17 years old. I've never been yelled at like that ever in my life. So panic. My heart is racing. Just straight up chaos. Yeah. And which is what the drill instructors are wanting. They want, they want you to just panic. And it was like that for three straight months. Just controlled chaos. Uh, the drill instructors just push you to, to uncomfortable, stressful situations all day long. Every single day for three months nonstop um so yeah that was uh at at that point in my life that was the hardest thing i had ever done i can well it's probably the hardest thing anybody
0: does i think ever
1: yeah i'm, I'm assuming well, that's rather the marines right looking back at my life now that's probably the easiest thing i've done but yeah at 17 years old that's for sure the hardest thing i would ever been through yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah go ahead what well, was what's Okay, the worst experience during boot camp, what was that? The worst experience? Um, <clears throat> shin splints. Shin splints, yeah. So at no point during boot camp are you walking. You're running everywhere. You're running to go to the restroom. You're you're running to go run, to go do your test, a run test. Yeah. If you get caught walking, it's a good luck. <laughs> it's not even an option. Walking doesn't, the word walking doesn't exist. You forget, you forget how to walk normally. Yeah. Yeah. So I had never run that much, of course, uh, in high school. And I was in cross country. So we, we ran a lot in high right, school. Right. Not as much as boot camp, though. Um, non-stop running everywhere you went to the point where after a couple of months of doing that, I, um, yeah, I developed shin splits which is a bunch of micro micro fractures right. on your legs, and that's extremely painful. Um, yeah, living through that was mental challenge, physical and mental challenge. And you mentioned, as you know, we were talking
0: earlier, that you didn't want to show any weakness. You were in charge of your group. Right. You can't show weakness. Right. You can't fail, right. or else you're just really going to get hammered.
1: So you just fought through it. Right. And you... So the uh, the, moment you, the moment you get to boot camp, you start realizing that there's a pecking order starts to happen. First of all, everyone that joins kind of has an alpha male mentality. Everyone wants to have their chest puffed out. Um, everyone wants to walk around and show to the next recruit that you're the best recruit. Yeah. You're not a Marine yet. You're a recruit. You have to earn to be called a Marine. So... Day one, the uh, the journalists are already kind of weeding out who's, who has a natural leadership role, character, and who are the role players. Um, and growing up, I kind of was an introvert. I wasn't really out there. Um, I was a band geek. <laughs> I played, <laughs> I played I played I played music, the trumpet, all throughout high school. Um, and joined the Marine Corps, and I realized that hey. I want to do that leadership position. I don't want to be a role player. There was something innate inside of me that wanted to shine to the top.
0: Yeah. So that
1: that brought it out of you, the Marines, Yeah. And I I honestly didn't even know that was part of me. I had that inside of me until I was exposed to a situation like that. So I kind of just held on and went along for the ride. Right. And so I became the guide, which is the leader of the platoon. And the platoon consisted of... Around a hundred recruits uh-huh. from all throughout the country, well, from this west of the Mississippi. Okay. Um, so, the drill instructor noticed something in, inside of me, and and I had the no quit mentality. So they they made me the leader. Um, and yeah, towards the back end of boot camp, experiencing those shin splits, was, uh, extremely painful, and having to do all the exercises and all the running and climbing mountains. Um, I couldn't show that I was broken because then I didn't want to get held back and then have to do all that all over again. Yeah, because that's what happens. You yeah. tell them you
0: need to go to medical, it starts you over? Is that what happens? Or yeah, depending you, on the injury?
1: or You kind of don't want to show. You just don't want to show weakness. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that because you don't want to show it because they're going to make you restart. If it's that bad, uh, they're going to make you start all over again. And if it's not that, if it's not anything at all, then the instructors realize, oh, you're just trying to get out of it, you're just complaining. Yeah, to, uh, you're assuming that we're just going to let you set this one out. Right. So that no, not an option. Not an option. And if you're in a lit- leadership position, the other recruits are can see all that. Yeah. So yeah, you don't, you definitely don't want to show any kind of uh, backing off. So I kind of had to just step it up. Luckily, I didn't get injured, um, and pushed through it. Graduated December two thousand eight. Yeah. So you were
0: you were a Marine during the Obama administration, yes, correct? Correct. And uh, you mentioned that you know it was a great experience serving right. during that time, and uh, but you had some special circumstance. You got to. I don't know what the position is, but you were you got to greet him when you would come off a of Marine One. Is that the right phrase? Yes, yes. Yeah, tell me about how how does that how does that come about? How do you become that person in the Marines?
1: So I, I spent three years in the regular what's called the Fleet Marine Force, which is the deployable side of the Marine Corps. And then there is a second side to the Marine Corps, which is kind of like what a recruiter is. Uh you're doing the job with the Marine Corps, but um, CONUS, it's it's called CONUS, Uh, your job is in-country. Okay. So you're a recruiter, uh, a drill instructor is another type of that, Mm -hmm. um, falls into that category. And in my case, I was a Marine One crew chief. So my job was to, anywhere the president wanted to go, along with uh, Secret Service, we went right um and without divulging too much information cuz i can't <laughs> uh yeah uh, any anything that involved transporting the president uh through helicopter means we were in charge of the the marine corps side but that seems pretty
0: damn spe- that seems like another level besides being a recruiter like yes I- so how how were you chosen? Is it a volunteer system, like hey, I want to go do that, or they see
1: you and they pick you for that? How does that work? Yeah, it's it's a selective. It's extremely selective. I can only imagine. You're right next to the president. Right. So uh, I was auditioning for it before I even knew that I was uh, auditioning for it. So for the first three oh. years of for the first three years of my career, I was a mechanic, uh, aviation mechanic. So I just worked on helicopters. Ch fifty three. Helicopter, to be specific, which is the biggest helicopter in the military. And kind of came up the ranks, became a good mechanic to the point where people started people started noticing my work, work, work ethic and what type of Marine I was. Yeah. Because there's two sides. There's the green side, which is what you do as a Marine, and then your job as a mechanic. So all those have to be aligned and you have to be... Proficient in both of them, um, and also what you do outside of work. So you had to be a plus student all across the board. But I didn't. I didn't know that uh, I was leading myself into that position until got deployed to Afghanistan in 2010. Came back, and in my shop there was a bunch of mechanics. So all we did was just grease monkeys. We just worked on engines, transmissions. Um, yeah. And I noticed that these Marines were walking around in, they looked like recruiters, polished in our uniform. Huh? While, uh, while they're working on look. Well, they were walking around where we were, oh, okay. which gotcha. is not normal. I got gotcha. you. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Because we're all in, in our uniforms to work on engines, and these guys are out here right. with their dress uniforms on. and it, look, it looked odd to me. So, uh, one of my sergeants called me into the office and they told me, go upstairs. They want to see you upstairs. And I didn't even ask. I just knew that I was getting a break from working outside. (laughs) Right. Right. It was, this is in North Carolina, humid summer, miserable. Right. So anytime we got to go upstairs, which is where our admin offices were, we were happy because that's where the AC was. Yes. Um, that that meant that we got to clean off because you couldn't go up there dirty smelling like jet fuel so i was just happy to get a little break to go upstairs yeah i go into the conference room and they tell me to sit down and they introduce themselves they're the selection team for the presidential uh flight detachment so after about a year of screening i got the, the notice that that i passed all their tests and i got transferred from north carolina to uh Virginia, I forgot the name of the base, Quantico, Virginia, sorry. <laughs> That's where uh, HMX, it's, the unit is called HMX. Okay. HMX-1, or presidential uh, squadron, helicopter squadron. And once you get there, now you're in another pool. Now everyone passed that extensive selection. And once you get there, they filter it out even more. And how many, when you get there, how many are in the pool, more or less? Uh, I would say like 10 or 15 Marines. Oh, so a small pool. Out of the entire Marine Corps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so they, they need to filter out, filter that down even further. So they start to look for everything. What is your yeah. what is your physical fitness time? What are your physical fitness scores? We know you're a good marine, you're a good mechanic, so now we're going to start looking at all these details to see who stands out even more. Who's doing uh, after work education, college education? Are you bettering yourself, or are you just showing up to work and doing a good job and then going clocking out? Yeah. So all those things are are now coming into play. Um, yeah. And that's where I finished my last two years in the Marine Corps. I got to travel the world. I got to tra- travel the entire country. So, yeah. but back
0: to the presidential detail. How often would you be? I don't even, how
1: like, how often is he on? Marine Pretty Marine? often. Yeah, a couple times a week. Yeah, or, even if even if the helicopter doesn't come into play. Anywhere he went. There, oh. needed, there, there needs to be some
0: type of a... Okay, so you're not... It's not just a helicopter. Wherever he goes, you're going.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh. So just... I don't know if you've ever seen a presidential uh, motor pool. There's like 50 cars. Yes. I Yeah. I've the, just never paid
0: that much attention to where the Marines are.
1: Yeah, we're not... We're supposed to be there, but not seen. Makes sense. <laughs> well, you guys do a good job at it. Yeah. Just kind of like the Secret Service. There's There's a a visible side and then there's a invisible side of the secret service that you don't see. Um, yeah. So that's what, anywhere he went, anytime he moved, we moved, we moved before he moved. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's,
0: you should be very proud. I'm sure you are, but oh, you yes. definitely <laughs> should be. Yeah. So how, how does that, so th- now we're going to get into personal training. What made you, so you leave the Marines, and your time's done, and right. you become a personal trainer. Is that Was it a direct transition, or what was after the Marines? School.
1: Cool. School. So I went to Cal State uh, San Marcos, which is in the North County San Diego area. I went there for two years, and the last three years I went here to Cal State Bakersfield. So my main focus was first, originally it was Nursing. I wanted to be a registered nurse so i did all those classes and but i also loved training exercise the exercise science physiology and so i started studying uh kinesiology courses as well yeah i started taking those in tandem with all the nursing prereqs so while doing that while doing the kinesiology i just decided you know what i could could do something with this information as, as opposed to just retaining it. I could help some people. Okay. I realized uh, that I was a Marine and I had kind of a unique experience coming back to my hometown. And um, I realized I could do something with that information. Why not use it? For sure. So then I got certified through the National uh, Academy of Sports Medicine, certified personal trainer. And then I started working. That was. Three or four years after the Marine Corps. Okay. Okay. And uh, was
0: in shape here where I met you? Was that your first position?
1: Yes. That was my
0: first training position here. Right. So, you know, your personal training, been through the Marines, which no excuses allowed. Right. I assume in the Marines, they're just... No, just do it. (laughs) Yeah, you either do it or you, you... don't and if you don't it's because you just can't right There's no freaking way you can do it right i can only imagine going from that to becoming a personal trainer and dealing with the general public was that a pretty good was that a big adjustment or was it
1: easy like uh, it was, how was that transitioning into personal training luckily i had that four-year break in between where i was a student and i dealt with um uh, non-military members, so kind of toned me down a little bit. So you got to de-escalate yeah. a touch. <laughs> if I would have gone straight from Marine Corps to training, I probably would have gotten into some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> probably would have been fired from a couple of gyms for, for yeah. screaming too loud or cussing at people. Or, oh, sorry, killed another member. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got the, I guess, the bro science part of it from the Marine Corps, and then I went to school and I learned the, the actual science, learned how to talk to people, uh-huh. um, basically got more well rounded education. And then I transitioned into dealing with the general public, civilians, working at In Shape. Um, and I understood, I understood that I kind of had a different mentality. I didn't want to come off too harsh, too stoic, I didn't want to seem unapproachable so I, I i understood that um, so it was a it was a pretty easy transition getting being a student to actually training people. It was fun. I loved it.
0: Well, I know what I really enjoyed about having you as a trainer was you know I'm always wondering, this guy's a marine, so you are you in my opinion you're you were the perfect trainer. You know, you were calm, cool, and collected, told me what to do, described everything perfectly. And then every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a while, you'd say, nah, I'm about to kick your ass. This, yeah. one, this one's going to hurt. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, people think, oh, you're going to go, you know, it's ass kicking from the time you walk in the door. No, it's, I don't know, workouts shouldn't be like that all the time. Right. But, yeah, every once in a while you would just say, this is the difference between you working out on your own and working out with me. Right. And it, I think about it all the time. Every time I'm in the gym working out, I, literally I think every time and I'm, you know, I'm doing a set I'm like, okay, I'm going to aim for 10 reps on this set of whatever it is. Right. I'm at eight, nine reps and I know I can go well past 10. I've just got it. <laughs> I always think of you and you're like that. 11th 12th 13th rep that's the difference right you know right now if it's consistently happening well obviously you're lifting too light right but when you have it and it's so that made for me that made you the perfect trainer and i you know i always look forward to it like wonder if that's coming today because some days you're like okay we're gonna work out and we get it done and it was always hard always perfect and some days it'd be like I think you just had it in you. Like you must yeah. have ate
1: your Wheaties that morning or something. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna kick John's ass today. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still remember I would I would say, All right, today's gonna be uh, we're gonna throw a little bit of fuel in the fire today. Yep. Let's get this fire started early. Yeah. It was it yeah, so the they were always good.
0: <laughs> so you You must have had some do you have any pet peeves as a trainer? Like what? Besides the obvious, you know, somebody not putting effort in. But you ever have, like, what's your? You have a pet peeve with with a uh, trainee
1: where you're just like
0: being you late. Got to
1: stop that. Being late. That's your, yeah. that's your. If We start at seven, and you better be. You better be here at six forty-five.
0: Warming up. Get your warm up in. You're warm right. up doesn't count during my time. Right. Right. Or our time.
1: And, and of course, I understand that everyone has their own life. They're busy. They have a family, but i I would like to tell people you do you do everything the rest of the day for so many other people your kids for your your coworkers for your boss treat this one hour hour and a half forty five minutes whatever however long you work out. this is your time take advantage like embrace it, lean into it if you're gonna work out with a trainer, be excited for it don't think about it, don't think about it as another task added to your day think about it as uh you're doing this for yourself as a trainer i'm here to help you and i'm going to hold you accountable if you're paying me to hold you accountable i'm going to hold you accountable <laughs> right
0: and you know of course i don't train with you anymore and the only reason i don't is because the transition in business and everything i i just right i was not going to keep continuing to call you or text you and say you know i can't Right. Can't make it at five thirty this morning. I got to work out later. I got, you know, things were just so hectic. But yeah, that is such a. I never thought of it as a task. It was like it's so motivating to have somebody, like, I, I got to go work hard for him. Right. It's always motivating. Right. But, you know, and you mentioned you know having a family and all that, and you have such a, a busy crazy life with four kids, six, five, two, and infant, right? Is that the age? Five months old, yeah. The youngest is five months old. So you leave in shape, and now you've started your own personal training business called Callus. Correct. Spelled K-A-L-E-S. Right. So tell me how you came up with the name and, and what's the meaning
1: behind it. So I've always been... Again, this is uh, growing up, growing up here, local, I remember my grandpa showing me his hands and and feeling just how, I felt like he had glue, dried glue on his hands and he would explain to me how there were calluses. And my dad as well, uh, just touching his hands and feeling the, the hardness of the skin. Um, I never really asked any questions, but whenever I grew up and I joined the Marine Corps and started doing all these pull-ups, I remember the cutoff to do, if you wanted to be 100% uh, in, in your physical training, you had to do minimum 20 pull-ups in the Marine Corps, okay. nonstop, just yeah. all the way down, all the way up. No bent arm pull-ups. No kipping. No kipping, just uh, straight pull-ups. And I remember when I first started doing them, my hands would hurt after about five or six. much that I would have to jump off and kind of like shake my hands out and i would look at my hands and i would see just the red marks on my hands so i just kept doing them over and over the months months went on years went on until i was just able to do 20 pull-ups more than 20 pull-ups and my hands didn't hurt anymore and mm-hmm. i realized that i had developed these thick massive calluses in my hand in my hands and um so that just tied in years later to just callusing your hands, callusing your mentality, callousing your mind. Something is hard at first. Keep doing it. Something's going to change. You're going to yeah. adapt. You're going to get better. You're going to get stronger. And what was hard in the beginning is now going to be easy. Yeah. So that's how callus came around. And callus, is, that's the phonetic spelling of callus, which is... If you look it up in the dictionary, I was just coming up with different distinctive names. Uh out there in social media, there's a lot of blank physique or whatever your name is, plus fitness, or and I just wanted to do something different. Kind of like move my mass. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's doing something different. Right. It's a it's catchy and it's it makes you think about it. Mm-hmm. In my case, it makes me explain it to someone, and when, when it's a conversation starter, once I explained it to someone, now they know a little bit about my own mentality. So, yeah, that's how that came around. And with that, so you, you're you doing it from home, correct? Correct.
0: And four kids, your wife <laughs> is a teacher. Yes. You're still studying. Right. How? Tell me about your day. What's a... What's a normal day for you? How do you well, pull it off? What well, start, time, What
1: time do you start? <laughs> <laughs> so I start, uh, I start the day, the night before. I get the, I get the thought of like, all right, I need to work out in the morning. So we should go to bed at this time. I should have this ready. So when I wake up, I'm not going to want to wake up. But knowing that I have this ready my clothes put on, my shoes, whatever. So I get ready. I try to get ready the night before. Go to sleep. My wife is breastfeeding our baby so she wakes up every two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not breastfeeding but I try to help out. Maybe change the diaper here and there. Give her a break. And around five o'clock is when I like to get up and work out. Because that's that's the time that the kids are still asleep, the baby just fed, so he's not going to wake up for another two hours. The kid's class doesn't start, don't start until 9 a.m., so I have a good little window.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So 5 a.m. starts, get a one-hour workout. Luckily, my commute time is like about 30 seconds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. my garage. Um, I do my my workout, and yeah. My workouts lately have been just, just mentally challenging. Not really uh, setting a goal, but if I don't feel like, work, like running, then I'll force myself to run. If I don't feel like weightlifting, and I feel like doing some kind of cardio, then I'll force myself to weightlift. I'll get the vibe of what I'm feeling that morning. And when I don't want to do initially, I make myself do. So you're <laughs> saying you don't have a current... Uh,
0: like, all right, push, pull legs, push like pull legs. Program, right? yeah. No. So you wake up and you're like, what do I not want to do? And you go do that, right?
1: So I'm pretty contrary, and I wake up and I, again, like how you just described, I mm-hmm. feel feel myself out. What are my energy levels? And then I just lean opposite because I know that that's not what my brain wants to do. My brain is giving me, hey, we should go do this because we want to do this. And like, the Marine Corps Academy kicks in. So nope, about face, and let's go do that. Where you're right. running away from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it makes it fun. It makes it interesting. The first couple of minutes are dreadful because mm-hmm. I I don't want to go on a run, and once I start running, just like anything, once you get warmed up, you're like, all right, this is not that bad. So, yeah, that's uh. Usually try to do that early in the morning. Uh, A lot of times it doesn't happen. So I have to work that in either during lunchtime or just late in the evening. Yeah. And what's your favorite time is morning, obviously, because that's what you aim for? Favorite time is morning because I don't want to wake up. So I mentally prepare myself or I mentally make that the target because I know... I'm just I'm human, like anyone. No one likes to wake up early and go work out. Yeah, I wish I could just wake up and just be fit. <laughs> um, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I get it from a lot of people. Like, oh well, it's easy for you. You're a trainer. You like you like working, waking up early. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> wake. I don't like running. I don't like lifting weights. But I know that it's extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's why I, I just do it. Just do it. Instead of trying to find an excuse to not do it, I just I just do it. <laughs> and so when
0: you're so I'm assuming your wife is taking care of the kids when you get your morning workout in?
1: No, luckily they're, they're they're asleep. Oh, they're still asleep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they wake up around 7:30, seven thirty. Seven seven thirty. By that time I'm usually in the kitchen drinking a protein shake or um, eating breakfast, making breakfast. How do you uh, how do you work your clients in? Early in the morning, mm-hmm. around my workouts, either they'll come in at four in the morning, and then, um, in respects to COVID, uh, whenever they leave, I sanitize everything, and then I, I get my workout in. Or in the evening, yeah, I, I I kind of I kind of see what works for their schedule, and I make that a priority. I make them choose their time first, and whatever, um, whatever is left over, I'll find time. Yeah. If, if I can't find time, I'll I'll make time, even if it means that I have to put the baby uh, carrier on my chest and do an arm workout with the baby on my chest. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> being safe, being oh, safe, right, but, right, right. Uh, but that's not that's not an excuse. Yeah. I could easily say I'm not going to work out. I'm watching the kids. They're playing. Well, they can play in that far corner of the garage while I work out over here. I'm sure you've probably seen my posts on Instagram. Of I have. <laughs> yes, I have. I'm squatting and there's a baby in the background. Right. Yeah, in between sets, I go play with them. And then it doesn't take me more than a minute to do a set. Well, the first thing I usually notice is how much freaking weight you have on the bar. <laughs> That's what I usually
0: notice. First. I'm like, yeah, you're still strong as hell. <laughs> yeah, that, ain't, that hasn't gone away. Yeah. But... um Yeah. So when you when you're training, and I've always like for me, when I worked at a gym, which forever ago in college, I thought it was going to motivate me to work out more. But working at the gym motivated me. I I don't want to be here anymore. But I was there for so many hours. Right. Do you feel that, or do you do you want to work out more? Like when you're getting when you have a lot of clients going, does it motivate you to work out more? No,
1: it definitely does tax you. You're right. Yeah, once I've been in the gym setting for, I don't know, a couple of hours, and I'm just tired of the smell. I'm just tired of the sounds of the gym. I'm tired of looking at the weights. Yeah, I definitely do not feel motivated after three or four hours of training. I don't feel like doing anything for myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm
1: only bringing that up
0: just for the listeners. It's like, listen, every occupation, every aspect of life can take stuff out of you right and just like you you mentioned it earlier oh you're lucky you're a personal trainer you like getting up early to work out no well some people do some people do like to get up early but right no you know what i earn my fitness right i make it happen right four kids you work you study your wife works and you're making it happen right and that's you know every guest i have on i that's what i want to hear about like how are you making it happen right because we all have to it, right? At yeah. some point. But uh, yeah, it's. Do you plan on staying with the with the home routine on the personal training, or are you gonna take it to a, are you gonna take it to a gym somewhere at some
1: point? What's the, what's your plan there? Yeah, so my my overall goal has been for the for the longest time to to open to my own facility, my own wow. gym. Yeah, it's just searching for the right place, right time. Obviously, right now everything's kind of has taken a hit due to COVID. But yeah, I I ultimately want to start my own my own gym facility, just one on one personal training. Yeah, you're so right about people not using the whole gym.
0: What what would be your perfect gym? How you how you going to lay it out when you do open it up?
1: So. I would my perfect gym would be just open space training. Mm -hmm. Machines play a role; they're important. But I, my, my belief is just functional training, open space training, Uh, and a lot of gyms aren't. A lot of big gyms, such as InShape or another big name gym, they don't really have dead space like that because that's a space where they could put a machine and make money off of that machine, like a cardi machine or um bicep station.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So but I've I've learned that open space is so you can do anything with it. Just a big open space of rubber flooring. You can drag a sled through it. You can stand there and do walking lunges. Everything. So yeah. my perfect gym facility would be just functional. Functional open spaces, of course, with some with some machines in there, specific machines in there, but more open space, personal training facility. Uh, yeah. You're, you're going to get down and dirty, that's what you're saying. Right. Essentially. Yeah. If you walk in there, you're like, oh, what are we doing? I don't see any machines. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we're yeah. going to be doing some random stuff. So j- the gym... Hitting the workouts.
0: We know what's involved there. What's your approach to nutrition? How
1: do you how do you take that on? So the way I do nutrition is a lot of my clients ask me about nutrition and I tell them I've taken enough nutrition classes. I'm not a registered dietitian or nutritionist at all. I've taken enough classes to know that I shouldn't be telling people what to eat. Uh, I know what works for me, and I don't know your life. I don't know your – I know how your, your body works if you train with me. But outside of the gym, I don't know what your stress level is like. All that affects how your body responds to food, right? your cravings. So I know my body, and I, I kind of generally recommend people. I, I give them examples of what I do. Now, are
0: you uh, – and that's where I'm headed. Are you – like an
1: intuitive eater,
0: or do you count your
1: calories? Do you count your macros? How I've, do you go into it? I've done, I've done both. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done the counting calories, counting macros. That's hard. But you get used to it after a couple of weeks of doing it. Right. But it's, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's it hard is hard. That. It seems like, yeah, you
0: do it for a few weeks or a month pretty soon. It's kind of like a heart rate monitor. When I wear one for a long time, after a while, I don't even have to have one on. And I can probably, I probably know what my heart rate is within a couple beats. Right. Plus, you know, I know, I know what a scoop of peanut butter looks like and that's X amount of calories. Right. And then, however, and you probably, I bet you've done this. I think everybody does this. If you stop doing it, if you stop counting it or tracking it for a while, you start to Either underestimate or overestimate what that right oh, that scoop is. This
1: yeah, and that's yeah. So the way I'll just give an example of how I eat. Um, so the way I I'll look at a plate and I'll see what I have on the plate, and it can just be food like random food. Um, I'll say chicken, pasta, salad. I have, I have a big sweet tooth. I know mm-hmm. that if I go to the pantry, we have all these snacks for the kids. We try right. to have healthy snacks, but they're still snacks. Mm-hmm. They're still either a little bit sugary or... Um, so I know that I'm, that's my weakness. I'll look at my plate and I'll say, all right, these are carbs, this pasta, the rice. If I want to eat those carbs, I could just delete these carbs so that I don't go over, yeah, so i won't I won't sit here and write everything that i've that I've eaten, how much the portions. I'll just look at my plate like, all right, this is a good amount of protein, a good fistful of chicken or fish or steak, and if I know that I'm going to want a bag of chips later, then I'll just delete the rice. I'll put the rice back in the bowl, I won't eat pasta. I'll just eat. I'll literally just eat the, the meat. Sometimes my wife will look at me weird because, I'll go dump the rice out and I'll put chips in to replace the rice, <laughs> which uh, I wouldn't tell anyone else to eat that. But it works for me. Uh, it helps me check off my box of my cravings, yeah. and at the same time, I don't go over. I don't go overeating. As opposed to eating the chicken. I love chicken. that example
0: because that's real life. Yeah. That's not eating a big plate of chicken, broccoli, and rice right. every single time. Yeah. yeah. You're extremely fit and you're figuring out a way to adapt. get what you want right, and
1: make it work. Love right. that story. Just adapt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to eating that whole bowl, uh, plate of chicken, noodles, salad. And then 10 minutes later, still wanting that craving to satisfy my my psychological cravings, my needs. Yeah. And wanting to go into that pantry and grab a bag of chips. Now I've gone over. So, yeah, that's how I, uh, a lot of my plates are weird like that. Um, yeah. I know that I'll want, for example, I know that I'll want candy later for like a pre-workout or a post-workout. So, again, I'll eat a steak little handful of skittles <laughs> right and and i'll delete the rice of the noodles and it's worked i found that that's worked uh it's uh there's a term for it uh flexible dieting i believe it's called okay so everyone has cravings everyone has those, those foods that they want that they they just can't live without so i've just found a way to just adapt it into my meals i don't know if that's how right or wrong that is, but it's worked for me. <laughs> well, I definitely say it's healthy. When I say
0: healthy, it's mentally, Right. It, it keeps you right. It yeah. It lets you, Yes. Now yeah. you're not dealing with the, now you're, you know, when you're playing with your kids, you're not thinking, I want those chips so damn bad. Right. I want those chips. I want those chips. Right. You know, you had your chips. and Now, Right. That's the way it is. That's the way our brains work. Yeah. Now you get to, now you're enjoying your kids. You start right. thinking about the chips. Right. That's just one example, but
1: yeah, correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that, and that's, that's been my, the way I've adapted my my eating um, to, to my life. And, and it's worked. And now I see my kids doing it now because they, they want a little bag of candy. And now I, I don't even have to tell them. They know, like, can I just eat this piece of fish so I can eat a lollipop later? Like, sure, <laughs> right, right. I yeah. mean, they're yeah. running around burning all kinds of calories, so they could eat all of that if they wanted. Stop.
0: It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, I want to thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you so much. And second, thank you for coming on. Really enjoyed uh, the conversation. Well, thank you for having me. And at some point, I think I might have to get back in your gym and you get my ass a little bit if you have space for me. Hey, we have. <laughs> There's always space. All right, yeah. Thank you so much, Arturo. Thank you so much.